Well, if you have a Bible with you this morning, find the book of Romans, book of Romans, and we're going to be in chapter number one, um, Romans chapter one, and um, today I've been given the opportunity to really share what God has been doing in me, uh, probably over about the last six months, and really what God has kind of put on my heart for this morning. About six months ago, I began to feel kind of really uneasy uh, in my spiritual life in a very good way. Uh, God was moving, God was working, God was showing me some things. Um, And it's not the first time that I have felt this way or had these very specific thoughts, but I began to become very uneasy about what, the easiest way for me to say it is, like what Christianity has sort of become in our part of the world. All right, and we live in what many would consider the greatest nation in all of the world, and statistically, there's no question that we actually now live in the wealthiest place and time in the history of humanity. You, you may not feel that, you may not think that, um, but reality and statistically, there's no way you can even argue that. America right now, 2021, really is the, is the wealthiest time um, and place in the history of humanity. But with freedom and with wealth comes this temptation for complacency uh, and a very apathetic version of what it means to be a Christian. Okay? Now, you know this, you see this, as our nation is filled with all sorts of people who call themselves Christians, but yet live the same way as everybody else. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Okay, it's all over everywhere that you look, okay? And the result here is we, in our part of the world, have really created this extremely self-centered, self-obsessed version of what it means to follow Jesus, which is crazy because the very essence of what it means to be a Christian biblically is self-denial, self-sacrifice, take up your cross and die. It's what we see in the Bible. We've forgotten the purpose, we've forgotten the mission of Jesus and sort of replaced it with God wants me to be happy and God wants me and my family to be safe which are very different things than what we read about in the scripture. That's really what we're going to talk about today. We've been talking about, last week, if you were here, and Pastor Josiah would have shared, uh, we've been talking about the last thing that Jesus said while he was on earth. In in a way, he gives this mission to his disciples. uh, And and we've been using kind of the title, To the Ends of the Earth, to talk about this. Uh, And just to give you fair warning, don't miss this right here, uh, so that it doesn't come out of nowhere as we get to the end of service, like part of what God has me talking about here today has to do with money. And at the end of the service this morning, I am going to, in a way, unashamedly ask you to pray about giving in 2021 so that those around the world who have never heard can hear about Jesus, all right? So for some of us, that makes us kind of squirm in our seats and a bit uneasy, but today is important. Uh, So let's start today with a statement, and then we're going to look to the scripture and sort of build this case uh, as to what this is. So write this down if you're taking notes, and if you're not taking notes, take notes, okay? Everybody knows that 97% of the people that take notes in church go to heaven, okay? So take, so take notes, okay? Take notes. There we go. We said it. We said it. All right. Uh, here's the statement. Write this down. If we have been changed 
by the message of Jesus, we are now obligated to get that message to those who are still unreached. If we have been changed by the message of Jesus, we are now obligated to get that message to those who are still unreached. Okay, so before we get to the Bible, uh, I want us to pray together. Will you stand with me all over this place? And let's just take a moment. We're just going to kind of invite, invite God into this very moment right here. So pray with me. God, we look to you right now. Uh, we ask for you to move. We ask for you through your Holy Spirit, through your very word, to show us things, God, that maybe ways that our heart and our mind is not aligned with you. Uh, God, challenge us, change us, move us, Lord. God, we're not after my thoughts and my ideas, but we truly want to hear your heart and your very word today. And so, God, we give this to you. We cry out to you today, God. We are hungry for you, and it's in your name we play. We pray. Amen, amen. We're going to play too, but that's all right. All right, go ahead and have a seat. All right. Man, doesn't it look amazing in here? I, this is the first time I've been here in a long time. This is, um, this, I like this. I'm thinking about switching, all right, because I like, I like this church over here a lot. All right, here we go. If we have been changed by the message of Jesus, we are now obligated to get that message to those who are still unreached. And so let's build a case for this scripturally, scripturally this obligation that we have to take this message to those who have never heard, okay? So let's lean in here, kind of sit on the edge of our seats and be expectant. I Like expect something when you go into a situation and a service just like this. Uh, God is here and we have an opportunity right now to hear from him and to begin to align our hearts with him in a new way, okay? The last month or so of Jesus' life on earth uh, looked like this. Jesus dies, this horrible death, the crucifixion. Three days later, he raises from the dead. And the Bible tells us then that 40 days, a 40-day period, he walks the earth, okay? And he spends most of that time with his closest followers, with his disciples. This 40 days right here, uh, in between Jesus' resurrection and when Jesus would leave earth, uh, absolutely transforms the disciples, okay? A few weeks earlier, these guys are asking all sorts of random weird questions. They do not understand things. They are, they are all over the place with Jesus. They don't get it. They deny Jesus at some points. They run away, all of this. Th- now they have seen the resurrected Jesus, and for 40 days, Jesus is teaching them and filling them in on some things, preparing them for him to be gone forever and for them to really, to really go and live this out. The last thing that he says is this phrase, at least in the book of Luke and the book of Acts, is this phrase, this, this mission that he really hands to them. He tells them what to do next, and then he disappears. Let me show you this, Acts 1.8. Okay, we probably looked at this last week. Uh, he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witnesses to Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's where we've got the phrase here, to the ends of the earth. Verse 9, after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him, hid him from their sight. We have no idea what that would have looked like, but you know, Jesus just is like gone all of a sudden, all right? Jesus says, you will be my witnesses to tell people, a witness is someone who tells what they have seen and what they have heard. You will be my witness and you'll tell people in these places, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. That was the mission, that was the direction, that was, uh, Jesus tells them what 
to do. Now, here's what happens next in the story. These followers of Jesus go back to Jerusalem where they start praying together. In fact, 120 of them, the, the, the group kind of grows, about 120 of them begin to pray, and all of a sudden, supernatural, crazy things begin to happen in this room uh, as the Bible says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they walk out the door of that building and immediately begin to tell people everywhere what they had seen and what they had heard. They begin to tell people the gospel, the good news, that God has come to earth God has come and now everything has changed. There is now forgiveness for your sins. There's reconciliation with God. God has come. These followers of Jesus start by telling people right where they were in Jerusalem. The city that they're, they're in, right? That, that's where it starts. Uh, but it's not very long into the story when, when they begin to work their way outside of the city. And this, understand, is really the start of Christianity. Okay, weird question, was Jesus a Christian? The answer is no. Okay, Christianity was not around. It was not a thing. Christianity begins with the death and the resurrection of Jesus. So now, now this, this new movement, Jesus has now left, this new movement begins to spread and take root and amazing things begin to happen as these people, these followers, begin to do what Jesus had told them to do which was what? To tell what they have seen and what they have heard. The mission to take the story of God uh, to people everywhere. Now, where we really see this mission take like center stage is in the life of a man named Paul. Uh, in fact, when you look at the book of Acts, which tells the story of, uh, of the first Christians, the whole second half of this book is all really about this man. Paul and his attempt to do what Jesus has asked these people to do. What's crazy is that scholars estimate, listen to this, this is absolutely nuts. Scholars estimate that Paul, who was initially opposed to Jesus, will eventually travel around 10,000 miles on foot to accomplish this mission that Jesus has given. That's the equivalent of walking from New York to Los Angeles four times. Paul, in his quest to do what Jesus told them to do, walks that 10,000 miles. And, and this morning I want to show you something that Paul wrote. Uh, this is from the beginning of a letter that he writes a little bit later on in the story. Uh, a letter to a church, a group of Christians that's in the city, city of Rome. Uh, the, it's, the letter's called Romans. We have that in our Bible here. And so this is Romans chapter 1. You, if you're there now, you can follow along with me. We're just going to read some of the first few verses. And we're really going to see the heart of Paul uh, as it really comes to the mission of Jesus. And we're going to see this obligation that he feels, okay? So don't fall asleep yet. You can do that later this afternoon. I know, I know that you all went to bed an hour early last night just to prepare yourself for church today. I know that's the case. All right, some of you are like, I got this confused and I stayed up an hour later. I don't know what season it even is. All right, here we go. This is Romans chapter 1, all right? Verse 1, this letter is from Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, Chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach his good news. Okay, Paul writes, I was chosen by God and I was sent out to preach this good news. Uh, preach this good news is the same language as Jesus when he says, be my witness. 
okay? It's kind of the same type of thing here. It's both as telling the good news, telling the story of what they have seen and what they have heard, all right? Question, though, who has sent out Paul? Who has sent out Paul? It's a trick question, so don't answer out loud, all right? Who has sent out Paul? There is a spiritual answer to this question and also a very, like, practical answer, physical answer, which is what makes it a little bit of a trick question. The spiritual answer is God sends Paul out. I mean, clearly here, Paul is called by God. God sends him out. The practical answer, though, very clearly, is the early Christians. The early Christians actually sent Paul out with a few others. We see this uh, literally in Acts chapter 13, uh, as Paul leaves for his very first time uh, from the city of Jerusalem. Uh, but in, the, in this story, Paul is actually known as Saul. Eventually, he changes his name. Let me read this to you, Acts 13. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, this is a group of Christians who have gathered together, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul, that's Paul, for the work to which I have called them. God has called them. Okay, verse 3. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hand on them and they sent them off. You see that? So they've been sent in a way by the church, called by God and sent by God as well. Okay, Uh, this is the church really sending out missionaries for the very first time. Missionaries to preach the good news, to tell of what they have seen and heard to people who have never heard. That very simplified version of what is happening right here. Okay, back to Romans. Okay, this is Paul, he's writing, sent out to preach the good news. This is how he starts his letter. Verse 2. God promised this good news long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scripture. The good news is about his son. Now, Paul just like, he's going to lay out right at the beginning this, a little explanation of what the good news is. All right, the good news is about his son. In his earthly life, he was born into King David's family line. That matters to the Jewish people. Uh, and he was shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit, here is, he is Jesus Christ, our Lord. The good news is about Jesus, God's Son. He's come. He was raised from the dead, and he is Christ. Now, Christ is not Jesus' last name. If you didn't know that, Christ is actually a word just means Messiah. Jesus is the Messiah, the Savior, the one who has come. Verse 5. Through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them so that they will believe and obey him, bringing glory to his name. Gentiles, here's the word uh, used to describe anybody who is not Jewish. J- okay, understand Judaism, Jewish is a, an ethnic thing. Okay, it's like you being Swedish or Norwegian or whatever you are, all right? Uh, but it's also a religion, so it's a little bit complex in some of that. But to the Jewish people, uh, Judaism and Jewishness was massively important. And they had a word to describe anybody that wasn't that, and it was this word Gentile. So we're gentle. The Jewish people, they live in, in and around Israel. God has sent Paul out to tell people outside of Israel. Now... A few verses later, down in verse number 14, we're really, we really begin to see and understand the, wall, the, the, the way that Paul views the mission of Jesus to the ends of the earth, telling people who have never heard. Don't miss this right here, okay? Come on. Are you with me? Verse 14, here we go. For I have a great sense of obligation 
to people in both the civilized world and the rest of the world, to the educated and uneducated alike. Now, quickly I want to talk about this word obligation because for the most part this is a word that carries a little bit of negativity when we talk about it. Would you agree? All right, the idea of like I don't really like feeling obligated to do anything. If I feel obligated to go to church, then church is really not something that's like pouring out of, you know, it's, it's like, ah, I got to go to church, you know. Obligated isn't necessarily a word that we use as exciting, fun, this is great, let's go. Obligated, you know, are you with me on that? And so when we hear this word obligated, it can have a negative sense to it. And so I want us to talk, I want us to talk through this a little bit. So, so let me attempt to explain this right here. Paul, Paul is so overwhelmed by the good news of what God has done, and he also, at the same time, realizes that there are people in the world around him who have not yet heard of this, and deep down inside of him, he burns with this, with this, this is not okay. It is not okay. People need to know, people need to hear, this is unacceptable. So, so he writes, like, I am filled with this great sense of, of obligation uh, to those who have never heard. I can't, I can't just sit here with the, with the idea that I know, and this has radically changed everything for me, and yet there are people around the world who do not know, who have never heard of this. I am obligated, I, I owe it to them, is another way that we could say it. I owe it to them to do something here, to make sure, to do everything that I can. I, I have this great sense of obligation to people in both the civilized world and the rest of the world, to the educated and uneducated alike. Now, the phrase, the rest of the world, you see that where we have like, okay, to both the civilized world and the rest, this phrase, the rest of the world, um, in the original language that Paul wrote it in, is the word, the word is barbaros. Barbaros. You're like, I don't care. Okay? But I'll tell you why this matters. It, it's, it's where we get our English word barbarian. That's interesting, isn't it? Uh, our English word barbarian. And we could go much deeper into this. We don't have time. Uh, but in this verse, this word is probably best translated into English as the word foreigner. The word foreigner. This is people who speak a different language than me. This is people that, 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 are, that live in a very, very different culture than I do. And so here's really what we have right here. I, like, I have this great sense of obligation. Like, like I owe it to them, to the people who are like me, who live around me, to also, but also the people in different cultures who are very, very different than I. I owe it to them to whom the message has not yet reached to do everything that I can to get this to them. And, and here's the transition. Don't miss this. I believe with all of my heart, I believe with everything that I am, that the, that the mission that Jesus gave those early disciples is the mission that is still relevant and real for you and I as Christians and as a church today. To go to the ends of the earth, to go to Jerusalem, Judea, okay, to, to, play, to have that play out. This is, why, this is why we are alive. This is what we are to do. This should be central to what we, 
to what we do and what we think about and how we live our lives to do that, to take this to the ends of the earth. And, and I believe with all of my heart that this obligation that Paul talks about here, like I believe it's not just something for this superstar apostle named Paul. I believe that this obligation is for you and for me as well and for us as a church. I believe it. I believe it with everything that I am. That if, like, if I have been transformed by the power of Jesus, if, if I am in the truth and I understand and I know and, and the, the gospel has changed me, then I now carry with me this obligation to give this message to those who are still unreached. I, that's, that's inside of me and it's to be inside of you as well, to give this to people who are still unreached. Well, hold on, Pastor Kyle. Are there really people today in our world who have never heard the story of Jesus? Well, I'm glad you asked, okay? Right now, right now, that number is estimated at somewhere between two and three billion people worldwide who are completely 100% unreached, the message that God loves them and that God has come and that like God has provided a way has still not reached their ears. And I know some of us are thinking, like, I don't know why we talk about unreached people around the world when there are unreached people right there at the office where I work. Don't say that because it's not true. It's not true. How do, like, those people in your office are not unreached. Why? How do I know? Because you work with them. You work with them. They are not unreached. They, they maybe haven't said yes. They, they maybe don't believe. They, they maybe even, like, have flat out rejected the message of Jesus, but they are reached. The, the, the term unreached literally means what it says. The gospel message has, in a literal sense, not even reached their ears. They have never heard, and it's not just that they have never heard, it's that they don't even have anyone to tell them. That they have zero access to the message of Jesus. They don't know a Christian they, they do not have the ability to drive by even a Christian church. They don't have the Bible or, or even know what the Bible is. There is no one to tell them 100% completely unreached. Understand what I'm saying here. Two to three billion people in our world right now have zero access to the good news that God loves them and that God sent his son. Two to three billion people. Uh, listen to this. Let me just give you a couple statistics that some of this is going to feel so big that we're not even going to get our heads around it, but that's okay. Okay? It has been estimated that there are 460,000 villages out of a total of 650,000 villages in India with no known Christian presence. Christian presence is one Christian, one Christian church, even the Bible in any sort of way, 460,000 villages in a single country in our world. That's like millions and millions and millions of people. India has 1.2 billion people in it, 650,000 different villages, 460,000. That's unbelievable. There's no Christian to tell them, no Bible to read, no church to walk into. 
253 of the 547 people groups in China do not have even Bible portions available in their primary language. A people group, uh, this is much more realistic and a bigger reality around the world. A people group is within the same country. You have different cultures, different languages, different, okay, you can, you can kind of feel that. China, 1.3 billion people, has 547 different people groups that live in, in that in China alone, 253 of them do not have even a portion, a portion of the Bible in their language. Wow, incredible. They are totally unreached. The largest group without even scripture portions in their primary language, without even a portion of the Bible, is the Jin Chinese of China population, uh, a measly 64 million. There is a place that has 12 times more people than the state of Minnesota, 64 million people, and they don't even have a portion of the Bible in their language. Not even a portion. Like, of course we want to share Jesus with our friends and with our neighbors and with our family members. Don't misunderstand me here. That is, that is ridiculous for you to... Th- for you to somehow come up with the idea of like, no, 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 it's all about, come on somebody, but listen, like, understand, as Christians, we should feel this deep down obligation to somehow do something for those who have zero access, who don't even have an opportunity, who don't even have a chance to hear that God loved them so much that he came down to earth and made a way for them. That should matter for us. We should be filled with that. So very quickly, what do we do? We, we respond in two ways. Okay? And this is for those of us who are serious about serving God, by the way. Uh, it's either one of, the, one of the other. Two things. Two ways you respond. Okay? If you are serious about the message of Jesus and the mission of Jesus, the obligation is to respond in one of these two ways. You either go or you send. We either go or we send. What do you mean we go or we send? Like, like, I mean Christians like us who are living in a culture of wealth and freedom should either personally go, pick up your family and fly across the world and move where people need to hear, or you send others to them. And, and here's what I know. Like, some of us, some of us, God is, God is calling us to go. I believe that with everything that I am, to pack up your family, to move to hard to reach places, to bring the message of Jesus to the unreached. And before you say, that is crazy, listen to me. I, like, I have friends, many friends, who are doing that very thing. Okay? Some of my best friends in the world uh, live in Sox Center. They were a part of our church family on staff with us, actually, and, and are headed to an unreached portion, okay, of China, where people have never heard, and they are preparing to go, and they are, work, and they are doing everything they can, all right? Like, we have people in our church family who are beginning to come up to us on Sunday mornings and say, I don't know what it is, but I had a dream last night. I had a dream last night about India. What in the world is happening inside of me? I am just overwhelmed with this idea that's, that I need to go. This is beginning to happen in our church, in our church family. But listen, 
We don't have time to talk about this much today, but, but bring your big boy and big girl pants next week because we're going to look at that a little bit. For those of us who don't go, we should send. We should send. We should be consistently praying and fasting for our missionaries who are working diligently to reach the unreached, and we should give to help them accomplish this. Because this is our purpose. This is our God-given mission. And I'm not just talking about giving one time because a missionary comes up here and you're like, wow, that's, that's a noble thing. Here's 40 bucks. All right? Like, this should be a part of our every month budget. And there should be seasons when we give sacrificially above and beyond to see this happen. Because this is our mission and this is our call as Christians in the part of the world that we live in. Now, for a moment... For a moment, I want to talk to a select group of us. Are you ready? Uh, I'll start by saying this. If you are here today and, you, and you're just kind of sort of okay with living this American, complacent, apathetic version of Christianity, and that sounds like harsh that I'm saying it that way, but the reality is that there are, this room, there are people here and there's no question that that is where you're at. If, but I'm just going to say this. If that's you, I need you to plug your ears for a couple minutes. The reason is because what I'm about to say is going to make you feel pretty crummy about yourself. And I don't want to do that, okay? So let's just... This right here is for those of us who are here today and you are saying, I want to serve God with everything that I am and I want to serve God with everything that I have. If that's you, I need you to listen up, Okay? You need to understand, God cares deeply for his creation. God created every single human on this planet in his image. He did not make mistakes with certain cultures. He didn't. We're created by God in the image of God. And he cares deeply for every single one of us. And so should you. So should you. We should care for every single person around the world. And listen, the mission of Jesus should show up in your checkbook. It should show up in your checkbook. Not just like, not just one time. It should be obvious. It should be there. Not just giving to an American church or your favorite charity, but giving specifically to see the gospel go to the unreached. Listen, we, we should not be spending more on coffee in a month than we are the mission of Jesus. Like, we, we should not be spending more, like, renting a storage unit to put all our junk in than we are the mission of Jesus to reach the unreached. Let me, let me get even harsher for just a moment. And I'll use the word we here to kind of soften the blow. Are you ready? If we care about God, if we want to serve him, if we want our lives to be about him, but we are financially giving pennies to help missionaries bring this message to the unreached, then we are wrong then we are wrong. Well, Pastor Kyle, do you give to missions? Listen, this, this is a part of who I am. It's a part of who I am. In, in 2020, me and my wife Donna gave more to missions than anyone else in our church. 
with the exception of someone who came in with a massive check at the end of the year. Except for that one gift, we gave more to missions than any family in River of Life Church, either location. Each year we pray and we ask, God, what would you have us give this year? This year God's asking us, this year we are committed to giving $500 a month in a budget and more at some points if we feel God doing that, specifically to given to send people around the world to reach the unreached. Un- understand, that's $500 a month. That's above and beyond what we are already given to the church. It's above and beyond our tithe and all of that other stuff. Okay, This is who we are. This is who we are. This is who God has called me to be. And it's how God is asking us to lead our church family. And the crazy thing... As, as, as a staff, we were getting together and we were, we were praying about this and we were talking about this. Like, more than likely, personally, we will not give the most to missions this year. Why? Because God is moving in the hearts of some of our pastors, and I think a couple of them may outgive me and Donna this year. Now, let, let's pause for a moment because I've wrestled. I wrestled with what to do with kind of the end of the service this week. Why? Because very simply, I don't want to manipulate anybody into anything, and I don't want to make anyone feel guilty into doing something because I don't think that's God's way. And as I prayed and I prayed and I prayed about this, like here's where I've landed. I believe that God has put on my heart that this morning I am not to ask anybody to give anything, but I was to lay out what God has been doing in my heart and then ask you to pray. Ask you to pray. To ask you to pray and say, God, what would you have me give above and beyond what I already give to help the good news go to the unreached? God, I'm available to you. What would you have me give? Music team, will you please come? And here's how we can help each other. Like, because some of us, we have all sorts of questions on this. And, and in 2021, as a church family, three missions areas that we are specifically focusing on. Uh, investing in. Some of these overlap with each other. The first one is this, supporting missionaries. Uh, That is massive to our heart. It's massive to our movement that we are a part of, that we are connected with. If you were here last week, we looked at that uh, and even looked at, you know, we gave $142,000 to missions last year. River of Life Church did in that year. About $75,000 of that went to supporting missionaries every single month who are all over the world in difficult places. That is a passion of ours. It's, we have friends around the world. Um, all of that is crazy vetted. Uh, to become a missionary in our movement, you have to spend, um, it's probably about an 18-month period where you're going through massive interviews and accountability and mentorship and training, uh, language school and traveling to churches and raising funds. It is a massive um, a massive ordeal to become a missionary in the movement that we are a part of. And we feel confident in what's happening and what we're doing. And so we just do that. Uh, so that's part of it. Number two, planting churches among the unreached. 
Some of this is through our missionaries. Some of this is through us raising up uh, and, and investing in Bible, tra- uh, Bible colleges and Bible training centers for local pastors to do that. We invest in that. That's a big deal to us. Third is this uh, Bible translation. Something that we've never really been involved in, but this year it's a new piece to who we are as a church. Uh, we, we have places and connections um, that are currently in the process of translating some of the 4,400 languages right now in the world that have, do not have the Bible. And that's a part of what we're going to be doing here as a church. I say all that to just say this. As a church family, we have connections. We have connections, connections to missionaries going around the world, connections to people and places and church plants and Bible trends, all of those types. We have connections. You can give through our church and know that every penny of it that is designated in that way will go in that place. And I feel like, I feel unashamedly just standing up and saying, you can give through our church because there is zero benefit to me or any of the pastors when you do this. This is kingdom-minded missions, the mission of Jesus around the world. And, and you, you can do that. We have the connections to do that. All right? Uh, that's how we can help you. Ushers, uh, I need you to quickly, quickly just walk the aisles and put things in people's hands here. Uh, what we're going to hand out to you is a little bit of a card uh, the card is called a, it's called a pledge card. That's what we used to do like forever ago. We haven't really ever done this at the church like uh, since I've been here. But here's, here's why we're doing this, okay? This is for you to pray over. This is not me telling anyone to give. Here's, here's how you can help us as a church family, okay? I know this is exciting. We're getting something in our hand, but listen to me. Listen, if you, if you pray about this and you feel God is moving you to do something this year, we would love to know about it. Why? Because it helps us, it helps us know who and what we can say yes to. We have missionaries and mission stuff knocking on our door, calling us all of the time. The need is so great. There are so many people around the world that need this, and there are many people who are saying yes to the call of God, and as a church, we want to know who we can say yes to. So by you simply, if you feel God asking you to do this, telling you to do this this year, you fill that thing out and get it to us. All that we do is we just basically put them all together and have a big number, and it gives us a a general idea as a church of what we can say yes to. Then we chuck all that stuff. We don't need, we don't keep your cards. We don't hound you. This is, this is you and God is what this is. But if that's something, that's a way that you, that you can help, that you can help us. You can help us. We want you to pray about giving specifically to the mission of Jesus to reach the unreached this year. And if after you pray and you feel that, I pray that you would respond. I pray that you would respond. If you're watching this on the video later, uh, you can go right to our website, rlc.church slash missions. It'll give you some information, and there'll be a card, actually, that you can submit online if you want to do that. It's on you. The challenge today is to pray. Please stand with me all over this place. Before we go today, I I want us to take... I want us to take just two minutes 
And I want us to sing, I want us to sing the chorus of that song that just simply says, man, our world, our world needs Jesus. And we want to hang on every word that you say. That's what this is about today. God, we look to you. God, we open our hearts to you. God, we we want to we want to do what you are asking. Follow your lead. Help us, change us, challenge us. In your name we pray. Let's sing this here for two minutes. Uh, some of us maybe, you know, you hear something like $500 a month. This is nuts, you know. God may be asking you to do something when you were doing nothing. And just being it, beginning to set $5 a month aside or maybe you're a teenager and God is you know just kind of putting on your heart to to give a dollar a week when you come to youth group to missions instead of buying a pop like I, I don't know what it is for you I think you know every single one of us it's not about how much you give this is a heart thing between you and God and and are we seriously willing to get on our knees and say, God, what do you want me to do? I, I want what you want more than what I want. Do you want me to give up something, God? Do you want me to reprioritize something in my life in order to have your mission be more central in me? That's what this is. The idea is, will you pray? Will you pray? One final thing here, just kind of before we're done, with, with no one looking around, just a moment of privacy kind of in reflection here before we go. Maybe you're here today and you would say this, you'd say, Pastor Kyle, I have, I have never given my life to Jesus. I've never responded to the message uh, that he came and died for me. See, I'm not asking you if you've been baptized or confirmed or whatever. Like, this is a heart thing between you and God. Have you ever received the forgiveness and the salvation, that's the word of the Bible, that comes through Jesus. And maybe you're here and you'd say, Pastor Kyle, I've never done that today and I've never done that before and I wanna do that today. If that's you, will you just show me your hand? Just show me your hand. Today could be your very day. It could be your day. You might be watching this online right now or later even and this is for you and you're saying, today is my day. You can respond on the other side of a screen even today. Anyone in this place that would just simply say, yes, today's my day. Church, can we just, can we just pray together? Will you, will you just pray this with me to help maybe those who are responding to that? Let's pray this. Pray, Father God, I give you my life. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Forgive me of my sins and change my life. In your name I pray. Amen, amen. Can we put our hands together? Let's just celebrate that today. If there's anyone that made that decision, even if you didn't raise your hand, today is a special day for you. Uh, I want you to take those cards home. I want you to pray for that stuff. Pray about it. If that's something you feel led to do, you can bring it back next week, put it right in the offering, or fill out that thing online. Okay, it's all in your hands. What you want God to do, what, what you're asking God to do through you. So, God, as we walk out these doors today, let us be more aware of you than we ever have been before. Uh, God, let us be centrally focused on your mission and your purpose for us as Christians and as a church family. So we love you, we need you, 
uh, and it's in the powerful, life-changing name of Jesus we pray. And everybody said? Amen, amen. amen. Thanks so, so much for coming today. Uh, four o'clock today if you want to come to the business meeting. Otherwise, you are dismissed. <laughs>